And I pretty much told my coaches, I was like, I'm done. I don't want to play no more. This is, wow. you know, the worst. All I wanted was the opportunity. Every yeah. scout that called me, what money, what round, I just told them, if you give me an opportunity to play for your organization, I guarantee it'll pan out. All right, Alex Vesia, pitcher for the Dodgers. But kind of who is Alex Vesia and what's your story? Small town kid from Alpine, California, uh, right outside of like San Diego. Mm-hmm. It's roughly 40 minutes, 50 minutes from the beach. Uh, went to Steel Canyon High School. Uh, didn't throw hard. Mm-hmm. Was, is that Max Preps? I think there's, or the perfect game. Perfect game, yeah, they yeah. They have yeah. me, if you go and look, it's like 80, 82. Oh, I'm going to put that up on the screen, yeah, yeah. so people will see it. And yeah. um, had no college offers or anything like that. I went through all throughout my senior uh, year of high school. And then I took my, a- I had to take my ACT and my SAT three different times. Both, so six total tests. Wow, why? Uh, not very good at school. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not very good yeah. at school. So basically what had happened was my pitching coach, uh, put out a mass um, email to multiple, multiple colleges. Mm-hmm. I wanted to stay on the West Coast. I didn't really want to go to the East Coast. I wanted to stay somewhat close to family. Uh, Cal State East Bay was the only college that got back to me. They liked wow. my stats. They saw that I was left-handed, and they were like, here you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, went and, uh, we went to a visit up there, and I met uh, the pitching coach at the time. And he, you know, offered me a scholarship and because basically it was either go to junior college or go to Cal State East Bay. Okay. And my dad was like, why not just go and get the college experience, right? All throughout this time, uh, MLB was not even close, not even a thought. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it was to help my parents uh, pay for college, right? Mm-hmm. We had a small college fund and the scholarship helped us out tremendously. Yeah. And after my first year uh playing in the cca conference and uh, i got freshman of the year and that was i was in top five top ten in, in era amongst starters you had to be eligible with specific innings and whatnot you know right, easy. right. so my college coach had brought me in and basically you know told me he goes hey if you could you know hit 90 miles an hour as a left-hander you could get drafted. Where were you at at that time, like freshman year? Freshman year, I was 84, 85, 86. Okay. So from there, that was like my only goal mm-hmm. uh, was to get drafted. Hit 90 and you get know, drafted, to hit, yeah. yeah, to get drafted, hit 90 miles an hour. So that was the – that off season. I didn't go and play summer ball. I just spent time basically lifting. Yeah. Um, I gained roughly 10, 15 pounds over that mm-hmm. off season. Came in, and I believe my first couple outings in the fall, I was 86, 87. I might have hit 88, but mostly 86, 87. For the first time I'd hit 90 was my sophomore year summer. Uh, and I, I threw the pitch, and I looked up at the board, and it said 90 miles an hour, and I was like, that gun is broken. There's yeah, no you way, didn't believe right? it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah, believe yeah. it. Um, and then from there, I pretty much was 90. Yeah. Right? In my junior year, where I thought I was going to get drafted, mm-hmm. Uh, not even close, right? Just spraying the ball over the place, the command of everything, not very good. Yeah. Uh, was 90, was 91, 90, 91. And um, I had like a five ERA. I mean, it was, it was bad. Yeah. And it was very humbling because at that point I 
that was my first like big failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I, I would say I put a lot of pressure on myself for that season and it did not go very well. Yeah. And, uh, I was supposed to go play for the Alaska gold panners after my junior year. And luckily we had like a two week break between the season and then when summer ball would start, we had finals and, and everything like that, that needed to be wrapped up. And I pretty much told my coaches, I was like, I'm done. I don't want to play no more. This is, wow. you know, the worst, uh, wasn't enjoying just because you just did so poorly in the year or yeah, just oh, like, was, yeah i mean you, just i was out. going out there going please please let me get out like wow. it was yeah, just yeah, like yeah. uh basically took me you know the two weeks finals went around and i got the itch i was like i want to go play and that was where me and then my, my best friend andrew we went to um alaska and played for the alaska gold panners and it's funny because it sticks with me to this day and he says it to me regularly. And he, my first uh, start, I was like pretty nervous, right? Because yeah. I just had a terrible junior year. And, and, you know, I was definitely thinking a lot about those thoughts and whatnot. And he just looked at me and he goes, hey, don't suck today. <laughs> yeah. And that was it. And, I, and it like threw me off so bad. I was like, why would you say that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and I felt, found myself in the first inning like thinking, why did Andrew just tell me that? <laughs> yeah. And I ended up going five or six innings. And from there, I mean, my summer was really good. Mm. Uh, it also helped that I had good coaching staff behind me. And, and they kind of helped me figure some mechanical uh, adjustments out. I, I started a, it was like a pause. So when I got to the top of my mechanics, I would pause and then I would go. So yep. I wasn't rushing myself. And that like helped me out tremendously. Yeah. Um, so then my senior year, you know, I... I do really well and scouts you know one by one started to kind of knock on the door and uh, ended up getting picked up by the the Marlins in the 17th round as the Marlin win this afternoon crazy though because you're still a 17th round draft pick so you still had so much to prove even after you were drafted which is kind of crazy all i wanted was the opportunity yeah every scout that called me you know what what money what round i just told them if you give me an opportunity play for your organization i guarantee it'll pan out because i had felt that i had hit like my plateau at the college level with their coaching okay that i was looking for one i needed an off-speed pitch and two, it was just, I wanted more. I, I didn't want to just sit 90. I see all these other guys that were 94, 95, touching 100, mm-hmm. right? That I was like, let's see how much I can really push that. Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest thing nowadays is like velocity. Everyone emphasizes velocity from like 10-year-olds to, you know, beyond yeah. MLB. So, you know, you're 80 to 83 in high school, which is like not, you know, anything crazy. And then obviously you're throwing 95 plus now for right. the most part. So what's your biggest advice for like someone who's just looking to gain velocity? They don't, they just don't even know where to start. What would your advice to them be? There's a, there's a bunch of different factors, right? I mean, you can start in the very beginning of like how much sleep are you getting every mm-hmm. night, right? How, mu- how much water are you drinking? Are you staying hydrated? Uh, what does your workout routines look like, right? And then it's, then you dig into baseball stuff. It's like, what do your mechanics look like? What do you do well? What do you do poorly, right? And then you really, really can um, narrow it down from there. Different mechanical cues, backside, front side, glove, arm, all that stuff. Uh, in the gym, it's, you know, my freshman year of college, I couldn't squat 135, mm. which is 
the bar, a 45, and a 45. Mm-hmm. I could not squat that for more than three or four reps. Now I squat 315, 365 easy, right? So it's getting stronger, but that all doesn't just happen overnight, right? These are countless days in the gym and staying on the routine that, I mean, it's a grind. Yeah. I think a lot of people look for like a quick fix in velocity. Like what's the one drill I can do today that makes me gain three miles an hour. But it seems like from what you've said, a lot of your journey was just trial and error, just seeing what worked, throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what stuck. So what do you think the importance of just like going out and just learning your own body? Like what's the importance of just figuring out yourself? You think? Yeah. Trial and error, of course. Right. There's, there's never like what works for me is not going to work for you. Right. And you can try to mimic, right. I, I would, you know, when I was 2015, I was a freshman in, in college, I was Googling and YouTubing things on the internet, just, you know, how to gain velocity, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a million different things that, that pop up and yeah. there's a million different drills. You can try them and that's where you, you keep the stuff that feels good and, um, you know, you throw out all the stuff that you don't like. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing is that I never saw any jump more than like one mile an hour. So all the drills that I did each year, I felt like I gained one, like true velocity, like one mile per hour. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of all I really wanted. I'd never really wanted to go from being 83 to 95. Mm -hmm. Just, I'd never really saw it like that. I was always really content with those just little goals, right? I had the, my, my biggest goal was MLB, right? I wanted to get drafted, um, and, but then I also had all these small goals in between. And that was, you know, hitting PRs in the gym, my long toss. And it was like off the mound, specific stuff that like I would like to challenge myself uh, day in and day out to get better. And I also think that um, the coach that I had my junior and my senior year, he knew that like my competitiveness was like through the roof. Mm-hmm. So he would always challenge me and always kind of like push my buttons for me to like beat myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I also have a really good like base around me. I don't have a bunch of friends, but the friends that I do have, they're on my ass all the time. Yeah. That's why I train with them. Right. And, and, you know, they keep me humble and then we're very uh, competitive between each other. Uh, it gets pretty rowdy in our gym from, from time to time, but I think that's what drives us to be the best that we can be. Yeah, I think well, it seems like you're just someone who just, you know, you're like, if they just gave me a chance, I know I'd, I'd prove them right type thing. Like you just yeah. work, work, work. Where do you think that was like ingrained in you? Like, was it like a young age? You were just a kid who just wanted to work yeah. hard? So my dad owns his own business. Uh, my mom is a composite tool maker and both of them work with their hands. Both of them uh, are, are very, they're competitive within themselves as well, mm-hmm. right? I've watched my mom and dad go back and forth just in the shop at, at our house in San Diego. And, um, uh, my dad, I mean, he's up at five and he doesn't come in the house until 10. Mm. One of the biggest like conversations I had with him, I was 14 and there was a lot of, I don't know if you call it hostility, you know, within little league and within travel. Oh, okay. Ball. Yeah. Yeah. And my dad just didn't like that. Right. He didn't like the, oh, my kid's going to be politics. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. So he had sat me down one day and he goes, Hey, like, this is nothing against you, but I'm not going to go to your practices anymore. He goes, if you really want to play baseball, you are going to have to do it on your own. And I, I looked at him and I was like, okay. And like, I didn't 
really understand, but I just had to roll with it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a couple of weeks goes by and, and, you know, didn't come to practices. And it was weird because usually, you know, you look around and dad's at practice. Mm-hmm. Well, dad wasn't at practice anymore. So I'd come home one day and I said, hey, like, can we work on, on my pitching? Or I think it was all, also hitting wiffle balls in the front yard. And he was like, absolutely. He goes, if you need my help, ask me. I'll be here and, you know, because he works out of, the, out of the house. So he's yeah. always home. And so that was kind of where it first had started, where I knew that I needed to do it myself and I didn't need to rely on people around me uh, to, to get the job done. So that's where I found myself striving to find new information on mechanics mm-hmm. or how to like weight train, right? Because I'd never been taught any of that stuff. Uh, throughout high school and a little bit into college, but me and the college weightlifting coach didn't really get along very well. Yeah. All right, guys, I want to take a quick minute to talk about the sponsor of today's episode, Pocket Radar. Of course, you guys know Pocket Radar. It's the most exciting and best tool in the game to measure pitch speed, exit velo, all that stuff. If you want to track your velocity, Pocket Radar is the best way to do it. There's there's no doubt about it. And of course, with the new year coming around, Pocket Radar wanted to give me a special promo code for the podcast. It's DSARM for 15% off. Usually my code only gets you 10%. 15%, it's a good amount of money. It's like 40 bucks, 50 bucks maybe. So if you guys have been thinking about getting a Pocket Radar or just heard about Pocket Radar for the first time, I definitely recommend you check them out at pocketradar.com. I really only like promoting products that I actually use and I have like a good relationship with those people and Pocket Radar has been with me since like really the beginning. So I really appreciate Pocket Radar. I've been using Pocket Radar since like 2017, 2018 maybe. So I can't recommend it enough. It's amazing that they're a partner of the, of the podcast now. Here's actually a video of Alex Vesia, the guest of today's podcast, using Pocket Radar here. I think it was the off season a couple years ago. So as you guys can see, Pocket Radar is using used by MLB players. It's used by normal people who throw 83 like me. So yeah. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, code DSARM for 15% off your pocket radar. Check them out, pocketradar.com. And now back to the uh, amazing episode with Alex Vesia. Let's go. Now to kind of transition a little more to like your pro career. So you're drafted by the Marlins, right? Yeah. But then you ended up getting traded to the Dodgers. What was that? 2019, 2020? So right before the 2021 season. So what was that like for you knowing you're going to go to the Dodgers that organization? Was the craziest, like, 20 minutes of my life really because i i made my debut in 2020 didn't really go that as didn't really go like we wanted it to right gave up a couple home runs walked the house uh got covid spent 30 days in the hotel and uh wow yeah it was that alone was just an experience (laughs) right i get back i get put back in the big leagues um still just kind of all over the place um then so then that off season rolls around and you know I had some some type of plan to you know work on my slider work on my mechanics a little bit more um, which I did right the pitching coach that I talk with all the time uh, his name's Mike Spears and he he helped me a bunch during COVID right me I you know he he was quarantined I was quarantined and and you know we we got after it so then when the twenty twenty one season was about to start. I flew out two weeks early to Florida. Okay. To be, because at that time I was still Marlin. And I wanted to basically make a statement that, like, I was prepared and I was ready to, you know, compete for a spot on the big league team again. And I went out there, I threw one bullpen and then one live. And I talked with one of the, the head people there and, and he was like, yeah, it's all all good. It looks great. Your slider looks good. The guys like say it's got some depth to it. This, this, and that. The same day I go back to the, the place where I was staying at and I was just about ready to play some video games and I had my phone propped up 
and his name popped up. And I was like, why is he calling me? I just talked to him like an hour ago. Hey, how's it going? And he goes, Alex, I, I want to let you know that uh, you, you got traded. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. He goes, we really like, you know, we really like your drive and your character and blah, blah, blah. Right? He gave me the whole spiel. And I was like, wait a second. Like, who did I get traded to? And he was like, oh, yeah. Like, you got traded to the Dodgers. And I literally said on the phone, no effing way. Yeah, yeah. And I heard people in the background and they were laughing on, on, on their side. And I was like, all right, like, that's awesome. And at the time, I, he said, what did he say? It was, yeah, it's you and a player to be named later. And I thought, I was like, oh, I'm a secondary part to this trade. Mm -hmm. And then it finally hits Twitter and Instagram and stuff. And it's, you know, Dylan Floro for Alex Vessia and then a player to be named later. And I was like, oh, I'm like, you're the guy. I'm, yeah. I'm the trade. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Wow. So I called my That's agent cool. and I was like, hey, I just got traded. And he goes, what? He didn't even know. No, because That's most wild. of the time, yeah. most of the time that never, like, it'll hit Twitter before That's myself cr- or an agent knows. That's nuts. Unless That's it's like, crazy that that's a thing. Unless yeah. it's like, unless I guess you're a, maybe a bigger name sure. or if it's like right before the trade deadline, maybe. In my case, this was middle of the off season like that's nuts yeah you know, you know? so then um i called my mom and she was at costco and i was <laughs> like hey uh i got traded and she was screaming because it was you know the dodgers so i got to come back to the west coast right it's like an hour and 30 minute drive for my parents mm-hmm. and then i called kayla and was like hey uh i need you to get my dad because i knew she was at our ha- at the house at the time and she was like, no, he's like working with a client, blah, blah, blah. I said, I don't care. Get him on the phone right now. And she like walked out to the, to the shop and I heard her say, hey, Alex is on the phone. And my dad's like, no, like I'll talk at him later. And I just started screaming, I got traded. <laughs> and my dad's like, what? And he like runs over and like, you know, he's like, well, who'd you get traded to? I was like, the Dodge. She's like, all right, let's <laughs> yeah. go. Because I mean, he loves baseball. That's so, so cool. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Uh, that whole experience was was insane. Because then I, I flew back from Florida, back to to basically Arizona, mm-hmm. and man, it was from there. It's you know, it's been great. It's been, it's been really awesome. Sorry. So yeah, now you're you're a Dodger, which is crazy. And your career with the Dodgers has been has been really successful so far. So what was that first like game or first year with the Dodgers like? I mean, I'll right from the get go, I get to Camelback Ranch, and one of the first people I meet was Walker Bueller. So that was like that's cool. <laughs> that was that was awesome. So he uh, was kind of talking to me about spin, like spin efficiency, and like how how the ball, like you know, the vert and all these things that I didn't really know. Right, because with the Marlins and stuff, they just wanted me to perform, right? Which isn't a bad thing, right? Because, I mean, you get caught in between the the data and analytics, and then performance as well, right? Where once you get in between the lines, like it's all about competing. All the other stuff is pretty much irrelevant. I get, you know, my first call up with them was in Milwaukee, and that was the worst performance that I ever right, right. had. Right, you go in in the tenth inning and. I think I got one out, and then I walked two, and bases were loaded, and might have even walked in a run. We ended up getting out of the inning. I was like the last pitcher because we had gone 
someone, I don't know, somebody got hurt or whatever, but we go back out because we scored. All I needed to do was hold to get three outs, right? Nope, sure enough, you know, it was, um, I walked a couple more and gave up a hit and then they end up winning. And that one hurt, right? It was just brutal. Um, that was kind of the first time with like the whole social media stuff that I'd ever, you know, with like failure, right? I mean, when you, when you fail, you're going to know about it. Yeah. And that was something that I'd never had to, I had to adjust to that. I never had anything like that. Cause when you're in the Meyer leagues, I mean, there's maybe 10 or 15 people that will keep, keep track. This right. is hundreds of thousands of people that watch these games. Um, so I got sent down after two or three tough, like not very good outings mm-hmm. at all. And uh, so I get to AAA, and I spent five weeks in AAA, and I kind of figured it out, basically. It was just super small mechanical tweaks that let the ball be right at the top of the zone, not too high, and then it's also not right down the middle. Mm -hmm. And from there, I mean, I just kind of carried that same energy to the big leagues, and because, yeah, man, playing in a big league stadium is... Not it's, to mention Dodger Stadium, yeah. which is like the most packed stadium. I think the attendance was they were top of the list. They're pretty much I every mean, year they're top of the list. It's anywhere between 40 and 50,000 every single nuts. night. That's cr- mean, yeah, that's like a football game. It's Do- like crazy. Dodger, Dodger fans love the Dodgers, yeah. which, is, which is awesome, right? And that's yeah. that's like my favorite. Yeah. What's it like playing there like in play- in the playoffs? Like that just must be crazy. Buzzing. Yeah. It's, I mean, the adrenaline that goes through me is the highest. I'm already amped up. I, you know, I got a Red Bull or two in me, and I'm ready to go. Plus the fans that are hyped up and it's just like my heart like beats so fast. And for me, it's, I mean, I, you go into attack mode at that point, yeah. right? Where you're just, I'm just trying to get punch outs. Yeah. 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 Dude, and you're, you play with emotion too, which is super cool. You're not afraid to show like, what, where does that stem from? Like why, how do you show, why do you show that emotion on the field? Um, I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve. Yeah. Right. And it's the, you know, where I started and where I'm at now is you got to kind of let that show from time to time. Right. And it's, for me, it's never showing up the hitter, right. It's never that I'm, you know, bigger, badder than it's more just the competition between myself. Cause there are times I'm talking to myself up on there and it's, I'm saying who knows what, (laughs) right. right? right, But it's to pump myself up Mm -hmm. to do my job, which is to get three outs. Yeah, or one out with runners on, right? Mm. And those those high leverage situations are what you dream of, right? You're a little kid with a wiffle ball, and you have three, you know, three balls, two strikes, and you you know you're in the World Series, and you need you need to throw that pitch right down the middle, or you know, right on the outside corner. That's what you dream of. So to be putting in those positions, I mean, it's it's an awesome feeling. It's cool, and you guys play in a tough division too, which is super fun. Like in a fun division, oh, what, yeah. who's been like the toughest hitter you've had to face, or the toughest team you've had to face uh, in your uh, career so far? I mean, any anybody on the Padres, right? Yeah, we, that's what we, I was. We, yeah. Especially like with this year with their new additions, like Soto and Bell, those guys that like you can't walk those guys to get to a lesser hitter, right? You you walk one guy and you're getting to Machado. If you walk another guy, you're getting to Bell or Cronenworth or Profar, right? Like they have a stacked lineup that, you know, that's where you really got to bring your A game. Yeah. Does it kind of amp you up a little bit if you see someone like Juan Soto in the box? You're like, oh, I know this means a little more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. because my job is to get him out. Mm -hmm. His job is to hit it out of the stadium, (laughs) right? Like that's that competition that I love that. That's That's the coolest part about the game is that like when he does his little shuffle it's like all right like 
here's another one. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. That's you know, I don't ever see it as like disrespect uh, because I know that when I'm coming off the mound and you know my veins are popping out <laughs> yeah. of my neck, like that's how that's how it is. Dude, you got it's got to be that way too. Yeah. What do you think about like the new age of baseball versus old age kind of debate that's been going yeah. on? I mean, if you're gonna dish it out, you better be able to take it. Right, you can't be the one that dishes it out all the time, and when someone gets you, you get salty about it. Um, you definitely have to have that fine line, and you got to have some tough skin because, I mean, you're going to hear about it on social media if not. So. Yeah, well, for social media, do you, does that? Have, so you said you kind of had to, you know, get used to that in the beginning, being oh, with yeah. the Dodgers. Have you kind of numbed it out now? Like, yeah. do you care? Yeah, you yeah, it's a anymore. lot better now, right? Because yeah. when I first had seen this, the, you know, DMs from people and this and that, like, I took it to heart. And I was like, man, I've trained my whole life yeah. for this. And this is what they're saying, right? But now it's like, they don't know. They have no idea they, what they I go no through clue. day in and day out. And, you know, I understand that that might be like their opinion. Um, but I know who I am and, and what I, you know, offer. And I know that no matter the result, that I'm the next day I'm going to, you know, work hard and, and you know, try to give it my all. What's kind of like your, like, I call it like media diet. Like, what do you, what kind of information are you consuming? Like, do you read books or do you like watch videos or listen to podcasts? Like, what do you, what do yeah, you consuming? Yeah, I mean, my buddies are going to laugh, but I, <laughs> I'm not the best, like, like to sit down and read a book. Like, it's not really my thing. Yeah. But like to be on Twitter or like YouTube to like, look over mechanics or like different drills or that's what I, I feel like that helps me out a lot more than reading. Um, I've also had luckily, you know, my, my fiance now, she, her dad and her uncle, they are both like her dad's a, a strength coach. And oh, then her uncle is, he's all about mental wellness, all that. And those two alone have helped me out a bunch on, being positive and having good self-talk. Mm-hmm. When I got called up from low A to high A, um, Greg, which is Kayla's dad, he called me and was like, hey, like, I have a challenge for you, right? You're throwing the ball really well, um, but what are you telling yourself out there, right? Because when you have a lot of success, like, things just seem to go right. But when you have failure, right, how do you deal with the failure in order to get back to having success? Because failure, I mean, you could snowball and it gets worse and worse and worse. But it's all about, for me, it's all about the thoughts that I, you know, I'm telling myself before I even go out and pitch. He had challenged me to tell myself before um, I go out on the mound that I am prepared, that I am ready, and that I am a champion, right? And just those positive thoughts, awesome. right, have helped me just stay calm and to really, like, cement that, that, like, I'm in the gym for multiple hours a day, right? I do my arm care. I, I eat well and, and because I care about this stuff. So when I go out on the mound, there should never be any doubt that, oh gosh, I hope I can throw a strike here, or you need to throw a strike here, or, you know, all these super small things that kids that are, you know, young, they, they don't they don't know. Right? They've been told, oh, you better throw a strike here, or, you know, why did you do this? Right? Where, you know, I'm telling myself out there that you got this. You're yeah. ready, like you are better than the hitter in the box. Doesn't matter what his name is, what his number is, what his batting average is, that you are going to be better than that guy. Right. Like preparation breeds confidence oh, yeah. type thing. I feel like that you're a perfect embodiment mm-hmm. of that because you've worked yeah. your ass off and then, you know, you perform very well. So that's kind of perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Who are, who would you recommend as like a resource or what would you recommend as a resource for someone who wants to like get better at, at pitching? Like Pitching Ninja, I'm sure, is a great one. Oh, yeah. Pit- I mean, him. 
Yeah, pitch, pitching ninja. There's tread. There's yeah. drive line. There's shoot. There's there's a lot of people out there that have great content, right? And it's just being able to understand like who you are as a pitcher. If you're a submarine guy, you're not going to be looking at a dude that throws over the top, right? right. You're going to try to find oh, what's his name for the Giants that you know that his submarine that nuts yeah unreal yeah yeah right or it's like people always like want to break down like chapman's um mechanics right and it's like if you're trying to teach a kid who's 10 years old that i mean it's just not going to translate because right? like, you're yeah, not chapman. just let yeah. him develop right go go tell him to be at shortstop and get a backhand and throw it to first base mm-hmm. be athletic and and you know have him run drills in the outfield to catch and dive for a fly ball because like the more athletic you are it will definitely translate to the mound. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I I searched all over YouTube for yeah. stuff, whether it's working on your back leg or your front leg, and just to try to get to ninety, right? Because I feel like ninety miles an hour is is pretty achievable through just normal day to day stuff, whether you're in the weight room and and whatnot. But like ninety five plus, that's where you really have to get synced up, and, and where your body moves in really really yeah it's just yeah it's a crazy like yeah just like this year the 2022 season i was super stuck i was 92 94 and then after the all-star break they had broken down that my front foot was landing like four to six inches out of my heel and they wanted me to basically like get back to where i'm linear and that was the the mechanical change for me was kicking my front leg out sooner and then riding down the hill and I was able to plant in that straight line and then I look up on the board and there's a lot more 95s and a lot more 96s and I'm like you know that you can't find on YouTube right that's high leverage coaches that that's why they're getting paid the big bucks to do what they do. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about what baseball as a whole needs to do to like appeal to younger kids and yeah. just like grow the game. What as a player in the MLB right now, what do you think the uh, MLB could do to help grow the game into younger kids and younger generations? I mean, the first thing that pops into my head is you have to get rid of the blackouts. hundred percent. Yeah. The, the blackouts are the like toughest part because if you want to watch Albert Pujols try to hit, you know, 700, like that's a huge moment in baseball, right? Then you have like, like last year when Scherzer got, I don't know if it was it was a three thousand strikeouts, yep. and like Kershaw this year had you know broke the the Dodgers strikeout record, right? Like all those are super memorable, and like kids will remember that when they were grow- when you know when they're older, like oh I was I was watching this game at this time and 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 whatnot. But I think in some aspects we're going in the right direction. Um, I know that like playoff baseball was very good this year. I mean, all the teams like the Mariners, right? That had got in and and you know they they played awesome this year. Yeah. Right. You know, and it's, you know, Padres Dodgers series that was a huge series. You know, and and then even going into the World Series like that. You know, the Phillies going all the way like that was awesome. I think that 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 brings a lot more interest rather than than just you know one team 
kicking the crap out of somebody. Yeah. Right? Like it, I think it grows that brand. That's why I'm a huge fan. I'm obviously biased, but like, I think podcasts are super cool. Cause like the only time you really see a guy like, like a Mike Trout is on video is like five minutes in the locker room after a game when he's yeah. surrounded by 20 people who are just asking questions. He probably doesn't want to answer. Right. So I think sitting down in like a more comfortable setting, just having a, 45 minute hour long conversation yeah. about you know who you are just builds that depth and gives you access to like a player's life which yeah. is like why kids you know or why people like social media so much because it gives you access yeah and that's um, like one of the the bigger reasons that like when you guys had reached out i was like i like to tell my story right i think it's i think it's cool i don't really you know it's it's something that i believe that kids can relate to um because not everybody's just a top prospect right that like if you put in the hard work, right, and you're dedicated to it, that you know you can have success and and you know achieve whatever goal that you, that you uh, set out for. Yeah. And yeah, it's just been it's been a fun journey, and I still got a lot of real big goals that that I want to achieve, and you know we'll we'll keep working. Yeah, but we're uh, well done on that one. Done on this one. Okay. Right, Do you well, want me to set up a phone? No, we're good. I, we'll probably it's probably a good place to wrap up. Yeah. Yeah, thanks so much, man. Yeah, really appreciate absolutely. it. That was awesome. That was how long was that? Hey guys, it's Dan. If you want to watch some other episodes kind of like this, check out these two suggestions right here. Go subscribe to the channel if you're new. And if you guys want to listen to it with audio only, you know, if you're doing something, you want to just listen to it with audio, you're going about your day, whatever, look up Enjoy the Show on Spotify and Apple Music. That's Enjoy the Show. All things baseball news and culture is like the full name. So thank you guys so much for watching this one. I will see you guys soon. Peace.